This is the Self-Help Place podcast, the show that provides real self-help for everyone. Created and hosted by Dan Dyson. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Self-Help Place podcast. This is episode 11 and today we're going to be talking about building long-term motivation. So this is a big topic, quite a hot topic now in the current COVID-19 lockdown. And with me again is our regular uh, regular guest even, Dave Norris, who's (laughs) on the uh, other line. How are you again today, Dave? How are you doing? Yeah, as always, Dan, I'm I'm really good. I'm really good. Excellent. For doing this podcast, mainly, because I always get really excited for doing stuff like this. I get a little bit apprehensive. <laughs> Me too. I'm, I, I I'm always, doing them. So, well, you do them on your own, dude. Like, you have to... Oh, I, I don't know how you do that. Well, I'll tell I tell you what, know, I honestly don't. It's a lot easier to have you on the show, Dave, because then I get to bounce some ideas off you and vice versa. Because uh, on your own, oh, it's very easy to get lost in thought, and then you have to stop and re-record things. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not. Uh, there you got some behind the scenes there, folks. Uh, it's not always easy recording a podcast. So um, yeah, so brilliant. Yeah, so what I wanted to talk, I wanted to bounce this off you, Dave, because you've told me you're a naturally motivated person. So I'm going to start with a little anecdote of myself. Um, the reason mm-hmm. I feel quote unquote qualified to talk about this subject is because um, I'll give you a bit of a backstory to explain that. So around five or seven years ago, this is a history I talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, I was a very lazy boy. And although I don't like to use the term lazy because I don't believe there's really a such word, I believe there's like someone who has obstacles in the way that they need to get over, so to speak. Um, I was, would say, a very obstacled boy. I was uh, I was working full time. Um, I had my own place and things like that. I worked a job, two minutes walk from where I lived. And I walked back and I sat, it was an office job. So I was, um, I just sat on, the ch- on a chair all day. Um, my diet was atrocious. I think I went to McDonald's about five times a week, four or five times a week. It was my dinner pretty much Monday to Friday. Um, so, and then I just eat whatever unhealthy thing was in the cafeteria at work at lunch. So I'd come home, um, I'd order, I'd go to McDonald's, I'd come home, I'd play video games and watch movies all night. And that is all I did for a good amount of time, um, at that period of time. So I had no mo- little to no motivation. I didn't really care about much. I just wanted to just sit and play my games all day. Fast forward to now. Uh, since then, I've backpacked solo around Thailand. I have started a, cr- a music career on my own. I took a deep breath and went out there. And uh, I've been working as a musician for three, three or three and a bit years now. Um, and now even this lockdown... Um, I am a self, self-studying. self I'm studying to be a software engineer, and um, I've just completed an access course at the Open University, uh, studying people, work, and society. So my point with this is not to show, oh, look at me, look at what I've done. The point is, how did I go from someone who ate McDonald's five times a week and sat around doing nothing all day, and I have a much better diet now, by the way, just to clarify that, I can't, I don't really order takeaway at all anymore. So what I want to start today is is point one of how I went from zero to actually having motivation and passion. And that was the first thing I want to talk about is energy, physical and mental energy. Now, when you're eating junk food most of the time, junk food tastes great. I mean, I'm sure, Dave, you have your favorite place to go. Um, I know I Mm -hmm. do. Um, um, But the problem is junk food 
provides, and this is all the quote unquote health nuts are saying this, if if that's the right word to use, really. Um, it has little to no nutritional value. Now, why do we eat? We eat for nutrition, and if we eat food that makes us full, but it is full of fat and really doesn't do anything for us, um, you're not going to get a lot of energy out of it, and not just physically mentally as well it, it makes you feel groggy and you get the sugar from the drinks or mcflurries or whatever you have afterwards and really you don't want to do anything else but sit down all day you get exhausted after work it's not re- i mean work is exhausting sometimes depending on what you do but it's not really the work that exhausts you it's the it's the lifestyle you have around that so the very first thing i did was a change of lifestyle now i've looked at what i wasn't happy with and I went to. Ch- I, I'm. I took a decision to change that. I and the first thing I focused on was energy. So I very gradually, not cold turkey like a lot of people think you have to do with diet and exercise. I very gradually took things, changed things in my diet. So instead of having a chocolate bar and a can of coke every day like I used to, I switched the chocolate bar with. Um, I can't remember what I had now, but I, I bought like a. I think it was literally carrots. I think I had a tub of carrots I brought in. I switched it with that, and instead of coke. Um, I switched it with water. I did nothing else. And even by doing that, I lost weight and I started to feel more energy. So that was my starting point. Um, Now, Dave, you mentioned to me that your motivation comes to you quite naturally. What would you say about like food and nutrition? How important is that to you as a starting point? Um, Very. Um, I'm someone who's really, really diet conscious. And to be fair, I didn't start this way. Obviously, when I was a teenager, I would... Kind of just eat whatever, but then again, like that being said, I really want to ask you loads of questions, man. I've got so many things to ask you. So <laughs> just to go, like I, I, I'm really lucky. My metabolism, my body type means I, I struggle to put on weight. I, I can't if I try. Like it's really hard. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. Like this is what I'm going to ask you. Like I don't understand that. I and I think my God, if I was that way, I would struggle. I can tell you right now. I mean, I struggle in different ways that other people maybe don't, but that's just my my bag, right? Yes. Mm. Um. So diet. Um. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't great for a long time, and then there was no significant change. There was just kind of like, oh, I shouldn't maybe eat that as much. Like when you start living on your own, for yes. example, mm-hmm. and then it's like then you stop eating that, and then you go, I should try more of that. And then, I mean, I was vegetarian for a couple of years, and then I've come back, and now I'm like. There's certain things I will eat. There's certain things I've realized when I eat that, I feel this way. And yep. when I eat that, uh, I feel this way, but in a good way, right? So I just try to try and notice what the physical sensations are, how it makes me feel afterwards. Absolutely. And then move from there. But 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 that being said, again, it hasn't been, I mean, I know we're trying to help people, but it hasn't been a chance for it. Because if I tend to eat something I don't like, that there isn't, so like like takeaways, right? Yeah, I I I do actually get them oh, maybe two, three, maybe four times a month, right? right? Mm-hmm. Just because I I I enjoy like the 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 treat of it, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but again, I'm lucky in the sense that I really I I I eat to live. I don't live to eat. I'm one of these freaks that everyone fucking hates, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I I will just eat. I mean, some of the breakfasts I eat, I'm just like. It's really bland, yeah. But it, it like I'm just going like get this into you because this is the fuel you'll need. Like so, it's like a lot of oatmeal, right? Yeah. And it's really bland. I mean, it's oatmeal with a, a spoon of peanut butter and some honey in. Like, 
it is <laughs> it's a little bit hard to eat sometimes but i'm not thinking about like i'm just not thinking about it. i just know i i'm like an engine and that's like fuel and that's good fuel yeah like if if, if i'm like doing like if i'm like if i'm gonna work out right yeah or if i go on running i've been doing a lot of running recently it's like i need to eat this kind of food because it will benefit me this way because when i've noticed i've eaten that kind of food it ben it doesn't benefit me but that's exactly um, in answer to your question, actually, because you say I've always you said I've always been that way. I don't understand how you could get to that way, and it is simply because I think you've always had. I mean, everyone when you're a teenager, you kind of eat whatever. I mean, I remember getting through a whole multi pack of twenty Kit Kats, and it didn't put an ounce of weight on me. It was great. I loved those days. But then, eighteen years old, my metabolism <laughs> went out the window. All of a sudden, I looked down and I had a stomach. I was like, "What is that thing?" But um, but mm. but what you did, you always had a kind of consciousness about that not everybody has that i didn't i believe because i my metabolism was very good as a teenager i just believed i could eat anything and as soon i kind of i mean some people might argue this but i kind of grew up a little fast i mean when i was 18 i moved out and um straight away without i mean i had a I had a girlfriend at the time who was very into moving out and having their own place and of course you you, you know you go along with it because you want your own space with your with your girlfriend naturally of course you do especially when you're 18 and you you know you're like, oh, yeah, this is my chance to have my own place and own freedom. But then I never developed a conscious... I mean, my family ate great at home. Like, we had really healthy meals. But I know I, I was always into... I always loved burgers. I always loved pizzas and things like that. And I was like you at one point, Dave. I, I saw it as a treat. But what started to happen was... And again, this is very gradual... I started to, things in my life were not enjoyable to me. Like I was doing things because they were expected of me and I had these kind of dreams that I pushed down because I felt like I should be having a place and I should have this nice job and I got all this respect because I was having a job and it was all great. But then I started to bury my head in the sand almost unconsciously and that's when the eating habits sort of spiral because, oh, you know, I've got some issues I don't like thinking about. Oh, but I'm looking forward to my next Big Mac Oh, I'm going to get... Uh, oh, or Burger King. Actually, it was Burger King for a long time I was obsessed with. Oh, I can't wait for my XL bacon double cheeseburger. That'll make all everything go away. And it was unconscious at first. But what it started doing is... I, it went from a treat which I'd have maybe once a week, which is absolutely fine. It went into twice a week. And then I thought, oh, I can't bother with anything. I, I didn't really learn how to cook, so I'm just going to do it again. I didn't go to university, you see. So I never had... A lot of people in university, they learn how to cook there. But I never had that. I just moved out of home. I went from my you know, my, my mum cooking me meals to trying to make my own. And we just shoved pizzas in the oven. And I just couldn't be bothered. So I just started eating takeaways. So what I'm mm. trying to say at this is that it was a bunch of um lifestyle choices which weren't good ones um it was a lack of i didn't really care how i looked either i i had no <clears throat> desire to look a certain way i was comfortable and it's very easy just to spiral into oh i'm just going to eat this and habit builds could, upon sorry habit. could you could you explain that like you, how how do you mean i i this is something i i can never really get my head around i really struggle um to understand because mm -hmm. i've always been pretty image conscious for a long time yep. and not in a negative way but i've just been really conscious of like so like in my first year of uni i actually developed like a beer belly right, right? i was like skinny but then i had like this beer belly and someone pointed out it's oh you got a beer belly it's like, oh i've got to do something about that and then i just got rid of it right yeah like so so why why didn't you care and then why why was it you you what so why why was it you didn't care and then what was kind of like your tipping point for this transition from burger king's like a weekly treat to 
becoming a regular occurrence. What what was was there a tipping point, or was there just a day where you realised that this is out of hand? Like, could you tell me like what? Yeah, what no, happened they're there? perfectly good questions actually. Well, I'll start with the not caring how I looked. Now, as a teenager, I was into as a musician, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Dave. Um, our music kind of defines how we want to look. Now, the problem was um, I started off as a heavy metal head, so I grew the long hair out, and I guess you could say that was the point I cared about how it looked because I wanted to kind of fit into that metal image. I was a heavy metal drummer. But as time went on, I remember my brother used to go to um, a city near us with his friends, and every weekend he'd bring back five different CDs of totally new music I've never heard before. And of course, you know, your big brother puts it on, you're kind of forced to listen to it, really. Um, so, but I'm mm-hmm. talking, it wasn't yeah. just the same, it was different types of heavy metal, there was different types of rock, there was reggae involved. I was introduced to reggae, I was introduced to mod and ska and all these types of music. And at first, when my brother brought home some reggae music that was recorded in the 60s that sounded like old-timey music, I was like, I was like, James, what are you doing? Like, what are you listening to? But over time, I started to fall in love with it because it reminded me of my... I was very lucky to travel as a kid with my... My dad was in the, um, the Royal Air Force here, so we traveled a lot as a kid. So the reggae music I grew up kind of listening, uh, listening to, like Bob Marley and stuff, it kind of reminded me of my travels. And I, I was a very positive person at heart, so it kind of, I connected to it more. But here's the problem. I was still playing in metal bands, but I liked the reggae and I liked this modern ska, and they all dressed differently. So I started dressing to the point where it it changed all the time. I stopped really caring what I wore. I just wore what I thought was good at the time and was different. I liked being different. I liked having that standoutness. But as time went on, um, you know, I, I was interested in being like a session musician. So again, I, I didn't care about it. And as a teenager, I wasn't really interested in chasing girls. Now a lot of guy, a lot of guys are, but all I cared about was music. All I cared about was playing drums and, you know, the unfortunate, any unfortunate um, lady that got attracted to me in school, I wasn't interested. I just was not interested at all. So that was the two points. It was a totally strange um, music taste and also I wasn't interested in dating as a teenager at all, in fact. And I even I look back now and I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of strange. I mean, I was interested in girls, but I wasn't interested in making relationships like my friends were going into. I just saw them as stress. Um, and as that go into adulthood, I got my um, I got my first serious girlfriend at eighteen, and um, I was comfortable because I felt like I was just accepted for who I was. And I make the mistake that a lot of people make in relationships; they just start not really caring about how they look. Like when I saw a beer belly, I wasn't shocked or horrified because I just felt accepted for who I was. And for me, it, I didn't put my value on my own looks. I never I never had that problem. And I hear, and in the same way, Dave, you'd be asking me, oh, how come you didn't care about your parents? I'd ask the exact same question about people who cared about it too much. The tipping point came when I actually broke up with my ex because I don't know. I had a new lease of life. I'd been wanting to travel. I'd been wanting to try new things. And I guess my interest kind of grew in just living a new life and doing the things I never really wanted to do before. I suddenly wanted to do them now. You know, I, with, you know, I broke up with my ex and I was, I was quite big. I got to about 18 stone and, um, yeah. Oh and it, it, it doesn't, didn't, if you look at photos, it, it, I definitely look different, but it doesn't look like it. I was quite, I'm quite, I'm quite tall, I guess. So it did kind of even you are, out. And you're quite, well, you're quite broad as well. Yeah. Like, so not, not, I don't mean fat. I mean like, you know, <laughs> how you're broad, dare you? Like. Yeah, no, I, I know what yeah. you mean. I, I have, uh, I don't really have a skinny build, so to speak. I have one that's more designed for no. the stuff to be put on. But anyway, so I think it was that actually, it was when I got 
big to the point, and, I, and I, again, combined with not caring about the appearance. So I had my hair super short because it was easy. I had glasses that kind of suited me, but I was very round and I was very. And there's a famous photo I, I show people if they ever ask about my past. Yeah, I'm like this is I know uh, yeah, I know the one yeah the, the the picture I show that and I'm there was a sense of pride about that because it showed where I came from, but it actually reminded me that how much I didn't care at that point. But I, it got the didn't care got to enough point where you know I had a new lease of confidence. I was single again. Um, I was interested, you know, I, I changed a lot from my teenage years. In teenage years, I just cared about music. Now I actually cared about other things. So at that point, I decided to lose the weight. I got myself a trainer through my work because I was very lucky to have a company that provided a personal trainer free. Um, and within six months, I lost about, I lost pretty much all of that. I went down to 13 stone, I think, um, from that because I, and it was a gradual process. Everyone thought you had to go cold turkey and like, right, tomorrow mm. I'm going to go to salads and I'm just going to run every day. Does no, it's just, it never works that way. Absolutely if you're nonsense. changing a habit, it never works that way. Exactly. I lost all that weight, still going out drinking like crazy with my friends the weekend and eating takeaway pizzas. But the in the week, I just watched my diet. And it starts with an awareness. All I was told was to track my calories, not to change anything, just to track it. So I tracked it. And you, I find, when you find out you're eating 4,000 calories a day and you can't believe it, you're... you're you know, you you're were gobsmacked. Eating Four thousand calories a day. A day, yeah. And in fact, I remember I had the cheeseburger oh pizza from Pizza Hut, and that alone was three thousand calories in one meal. <gasps> so, oh. <laughs> but I oh, loved it. Horrifying. I don't even think I could eat. I don't. I I couldn't eat that throughout a day. I don't. Jeez, man, that's so crazy. <laughs> that's so crazy. It was, and you know what? Thinking back on it, it was. But again, that it started with a spiral. Like I started getting further and further away away from my dreams, and I didn't. Ha- I feel like I didn't have the strength to get myself out of a situation and chase them. So what did I do? I just ate more, and I ate more, and I ate more. So that was the turning point. Physicality. Now, when I started to change the diet gradually. That's when passion came back. It was weird. I remember one specific night it happened. My diet was getting good. I was losing the weight. I was starting to fitting into good clothes. And I remember one night I just realized the possibilities I now had with, with you know, my newfound weight loss and I was wanting to date again and things like that. One night I remember I, I just felt this fire. I just felt this passion. And it came from, you know, the exercise brought my energy back. The diet brought my energy back gradually over time. And one night I didn't sleep all night because I was that excited of the new things I could go into, which brings me to the second point of long-term motivation. Once you've got your energy level sorted, if you've got a te- like a not good diet and the exercise not too good, gradually build that up. Even if you can only sprint 10 minutes a day, uh, sorry, 10 seconds a day, even if it's that, you build on that. Even if you can only swap out one meal or you 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 have to have that chocolate bar, that's fine. Just swap the drinks with water. Just do something and gradually build on that and log it. Yeah. Once you can- um, just before you move on, mm-hmm. can I can I add a few things? Of course there? you can. Is yeah. That, is that all right? Yeah. Um, I I I watched a really powerful video a few weeks ago and I can't stop thinking about it and it's amazing. Um, and it was talking about how your New Year's rev- resolutions fail, right? Right. And what he Maybe I've said this already. What what he suggested anyway was that you make a theme, right? Yeah. For a year or three months, mm-hmm. right? And say so say for example, your theme is fitness. Right. Right? Now, if it sounds broad, that's kind of the point. The the point is that if you're setting very specific goals, 
with like numerical values. So for example, I'm going to lose X amount of weight in Y amount of time. Right. Right. You're pretty much going to fail. Mm-hmm. So if you have a theme, okay, you're not pretty much going to fail, but you're making it really, really difficult for yourself mm-hmm. because you're you're being very specific and narrow in your goal yeah. when there's other ways to achieve what you want. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if your theme's fitness, right? Yep. So your goal, you can see it in the distance, right? But the path isn't carved out for you. So you have to kind of navigate your way there. And as long as m- you are making more choices that lead you in that direction and the trend of change is positive, you are achieving the goal, right? Wow, yeah. So even, even, even if, so if you're on a negative trend, even if you're slowing the negative trend, that's a positive trend. Like you, you, are, you are making it less bad. That's a good thing. Just because you haven't lost the weight doesn't mean you failed. It, it means you failed if that was your aim. But if your aim was to be fitter, then you have achieved it. Even, right, even if you start doing fitness and then you say, like, say you have, like, bad knees or you have a back problem, that then then you have identified a foundational problem that needs to be rectified. That's still a positive trend because you are still affecting your, your life in a positive way. And it's there's no data point. There's no, I need to do this by then. And then, as well, the beauty of it is that it can change. So if you say, oh, I'm going to try running, but you hate it, then you, the theme isn't running, right? The theme's fitness. You can find something else. Yeah. And then the beauty of it is that it changes over time. Yeah. And then, and then it's this beautiful thing. Like, there's this negative thing. So you were talking about it as well. So the, the worse you ate, the worse you ate, right? So yeah. every time you'd eat something bad, you felt worse about yourself, so you'd eat some more. That same psychology exactly works the opposite way. It's just a bit harder, right? Yeah. So... So, for example, he, he uses an example in the video. So, say your theme is reading, right? Mm-hmm. You want to read more. So, so he sets up a scenario. He said, imagine you're waiting for a coffee and you pull out your phone, right? Yeah. Instead of going on, like, Facebook or something, yeah. pull, out, pull out the book you're reading and read it for a sentence or two. Mm-hmm. That's a positive trend. There's, there's, uh, the, the way to your goal is a, is a branching pathway. And you can only navigate from the spot you're at so as long as, as, as the, where you're at, you can be aware of the decisions you're making and then trying to, try to make the better decision for your theme more often, your life will then branch out towards that goal. That's excellent point. That's an excellent point. And specifically because it completely counteracts this common myth that our lives have to be sorted in this linear fashion. Like, you know, oh, I, I want to run more, so I'm going to force myself to do this every day. But what you're saying is, yeah, that, that video is, is totally right. It's about theme setting. And, you know, you're not always going to, you know, it's people think you know, their life is only successful if they, they go through school and they go through university and they get that mm. good job and things like that. And it's people are saying this over and over and over again. Like, but you find those people just tend to be unhappy because they haven't really explored their theme. They haven't explored what they're no. passionate about. Yeah, you need everyone's saying you need to be into fitness. Like, even we're saying, you know, get more exercise. And you're like, okay, I must do. And they pick the one thing in fitness that is probably has no interest. I hate running. I absolutely hate it. I think there's nothing more boring on this planet <laughs> Earth than running. Yeah. Even with music, I'm like, I'm too exhausted to mm. listen to the music, so I can't enjoy the music. All I can hear is my own grunting breath. 
in you know but i mean fit fitness comes from i mean we're talking like i mean when you think fitness most people fit running again this is where i'm so lucky i love it and i'm good at it as well so it isn't that hard i go running i pretty much every every other morning i'll do five to eight k yeah like and it's not hard it's not hard because i've well because i've done it i've always done it yeah. and i enjoy it but but i mean Fitness comes in any form from skip rope to yoga to jujitsu. Yes. Like there's no there's no wrong way to do it. Just as long as you are like using energy and exercising in some way, getting your heart rate up or working a muscle group, that is fitness. Exactly. And like did, did you ever hear did you ever hear about that really, really obese woman in America? She she was like I mean, talking like megalith fat, right? Right. And she said she just started clapping one day. Right, she was clapping, and that would mean she was burning more calories than she was taking in because it was such effort for her to move all that weight that that was an effective exercise. Like that's wow. ridiculous. She just sat in a chair and clapped, and then it built. Oh, maybe maybe I can walk. Maybe I can do this, and then it, it then it snowballed. Yeah, yeah, and right? then, and there's no such thing. Uh, you know, if it's stupid but it works, it's not stupid. I mean, it, it, even I, yeah, exactly. even when I was, I mean, I, I was never obese, so to speak, but even me. Uh, I'd try running, and even though I hated running, um, I just uh, sprinting was the only way I could get through it, really. But I did ten seconds, and that was it. And that, that to anyone else is laughable, but to me, that was what I could do. I went back the next day and did fifteen seconds, twenty seconds. Now I eventually discovered, as much as I hate running, I love, absolutely love weight training and I never knew I'd love it mm. until I went to the gym and tried it I also love martial arts so they would be my two things so I and you can still lose weight and get you know physique or health through those things and it's exactly what you're saying that um that lady started clapping um she made a start she made a start on something and no matter how small that is even if it's just lifting your arm as long as you snowball that and bring it up that's how you do it and she would have found as well as i went uh, my point i mentioned the more she did that the more energy and motivation comes naturally dave in one podcast you once said happy you once described happiness as a symptom i think it's the same with motivation and that actually brings me to my next point I was about to mention. Um, I'll give you a little exercise, and this is an exercise everyone I think you should try. So I want you to try this. Pretend that you have Aladdin's magic lamp in front of you. So you rub it, like he does, and out comes the genie. But this time, instead of the genie in the Aladdin story, a different genie comes out. Now, he tells you that he will grant you one wish only. It can be anything as long as it does not take away the free will of anyone else, nor can it be any wish for money of any kind. And you only have 10 seconds to make that wish before it disappears. So you, you, you close your eyes, 10 seconds starts, you go. Now, what you find is you open your eyes and you actually discover something strange. When money's taken out of it, when, when, like, when the superficial is taken out, you actually sort of discover what you want, and you you kind of laugh at first. Some of you might some of you might go, "Oh, well, I want a job that allows me to work from anywhere in the world and gives me freedom." You start with whatever you wish for, and even if it is, you know, I wish I could be around my family more, or I wish I could have my family living near me. Whatever it is, whether it's possible or impossible. The point of the exercise is to give you an insight into what you really want. And that insight gives you um, the insight into your meaning or purpose or passion. And from that, that breeds motivation. And that is how I started. I went from, I sorted my diet out. I sorted my uh, exercise out. From there, I had the energy 
And even the mental, as silly as it sounds, the mental energy just to look inside myself and find out what I wanted, and I, I made a decision, and that comes next. Um, and I, the decision comes from what I call the deathbed mentality, which is the second thing I'm going to mention um, as well um, on mm. this point. So the deathbed mentality, that sounds grim. No one wants to think about you know, death. If you're looking for purpose in life, why you want to think about death? But the reason I did was this. What got me going traveling? What got me going from exercise and diet, lost, lost weight, I'm interested in dating, and I'm, I'm still at my job, I'm still dreaming about things, I'm still not quite got the motivation to do, do them. This is the next step. I thought about death can give you a great perspective if if you know if you are able to think about it. Think about something you've always wanted to do. So you found that purpose in yourself. You might still be stick, sitting there thinking, what if it goes wrong? What if I fail? What if my family and friends don't approve? But this is where you use that mentality. So imagine years from now you are old, lying in hospital, and you know it's it's the end of days really for you. You think back on your life and you think about the choices you've made. You think back to your dream. If you never took a risk and gave everything you have achieved, you you have towards achieving this dream, even even if you failed, would you regret it? And you wouldn't because very few things you have control over in life. You know. You did what you could and everything you could to try and do it. So you have that dream. You're too scared to do it. You're going to be on your deathbed thinking, I wish I did that. And I think there, there is a book actually called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware, where she says the number one regret was this. I wish I would had the courage to live a life true to myself, not to the life others expected to be. That was the number one regret of the dying. It was, I wish I had the courage to do that. So how you build that? You find out what it is you would regret not doing. And it's a, quite a, it's a thought experiment. It's a thought exercise. And it takes some time. And I knew at that point, if I didn't travel, at least try. I didn't care if it failed miserably, I had to come home. If I didn't try a dr- drumming career, you know, I knew I, I I had this drumming skill. If I didn't try and use it, I knew I'd be laying awake at night, even when I'm even in my 40s or 50s with some career I don't want to do, thinking, why the heck did I, didn't I do that? So I think that is a that is the second starting point. Once you've got your diet and once you've got your exercise kind of on started to get on track, the next thing is find that purpose and that breeds the motivation, really. Mm, 100%. Can I, um, can I share a story with you? Go ahead. You actually kind of inspired a thought. So um, the previous relationship I was in, um, she lived in a different country. So um, I, I actually lived there for a while. I, you know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it was just kind of like picture perfect type of thing. Oh, like we're moving in together and, we're, you know, we're starting a new life here and all this. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, I mean, I just became increasingly unhappy. Like so quickly, she noticed it. She became unhappy, and then it ended up being absolute hell and falling apart. Mm-hmm. And it took all of that for me to come back and realize, God, I do not want that. <laughs> like I just, I, I figured out all the things I didn't want. Not, not there was anything wrong, right? There was, well, no, there was nothing wrong, but it wasn't for me in a lot of ways. I mean, I've always had dreams of being a musician, right? And I'm still really working on that dream, even after, you know, I was going to say after all this time, but I haven't been really doing it for that long. Um, but when I was living in this other country, and I'm sure loads of people looked at my life and went, God, I'd really like what he had. I had a pretty good job as well. Yeah. Um, it was a well-paid job. And then I was living in this beautiful country. I mean, Sweden is absolutely gorgeous, right? Yeah, wow. And the people, and the people are so friendly, and the food is good, and the weather 
yes, it's cold in winter, but it's beautiful. And then it's really hot in summer, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things I miss about it. But I completely lost my sense of identity. I really did. Out, like like the music thing, I pretty much stopped playing guitar. And it yeah. was crazy how quickly not being in a band, not playing music and not staying true to myself in that way, mm-hmm. how quickly that gets to you. Yeah. Right? So even on days where I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not that good at guitar, I'm not that good at music, like I might give it up. Those, day- those days are still way better than what I experienced. And that there's nothing objectively wrong with how I lived, right? And there was a lot of really good things about it that I do miss. But overall, it took that negative thing, that negative experience. I, 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 I was lucky. I got to see. It was almost like I had a really short insight. Okay, if you choose to live this way, this is what it's like. And then I got out of there. And then I changed it all. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't really know where I'm going with this other than it, that's what it took for me. And I will, I will never do that again. I will never do that again. And I, it's, it's weird because now I'm at, I, I've not ended up in, a same, in the same scenario, but something kind of similar where there's some things in my life. I'm like, I'm not sure if I really want to be doing this. And I know that that's kind of product of what is currently happening because we're on lockdown, doing a lot of reflecting and a lot of time to do what I want. Yeah. But I mean, the last few days. So I, I said this to you before we started the, the podcast you've inspired me to do my own podcast. I have <laughs> always great. wanted to do my own, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't a shameless plug. There's a point to it. I've always, <laughs> I love, I love podcasts. I spend most of my time listening to podcasts. I, yeah. I, I'm obsessed. It's ridiculous. I love the format. I love long form discussion. Um, I love it. Um, and I've always wanted to do it. And I've just never, it's just been that classic thing of, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. I just, who, who cares? And yeah. uh, what, what if I fail? And then it wasn't, I mean, it, this was kind of directly related to you. I'm really lucky because when you offered, like so many things snapped. I mean, I'm snapping my fingers. It's really annoying. But so many <laughs> things started going off. There was like, it was a different branch on the path. And it's like, okay, that's it. There we go. Like you extended the hand and I took it and I and I took the chance because I was kind of nervous about doing it mm-hmm. and I really wanted to, but I was like, I'm going to go for it. And and if I fail, who cares? It yeah. doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. But then look what's happened now. I've done how many, I haven't even done that many episodes. This is episode five I've done with you, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that has led me to do my own thing with another friend of mine who I adore dearly. And then he's super inspired and he's come back to me with ideas the um so we're doing a podcast about video games and movies it's like well we could do like a youtube channel where we play video games and then we were trying that last night and then it just became the snowball and i mean yesterday this was my day right Mm -hmm. it was beautiful i i uh i got up i had some coffee i did uh, i worked for my company that because i'm working from home did that for a few hours then i had some more food um i talked to the guys at the studio so you know home fire that we went to home fire lads if you're listening you're the best people on the planet right <laughs> they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> they really are and you know they really gave me my time and that was really inspiring and then i went away and then i had some food and it's like right let's keep going and then i did this other podcast with my with a with another really good friend of mine and then and they said oh let's try this thing and then it was an exploratory thing and we we're figuring stuff out and it was new i mean i was knackered but i was like I have made a life where I'm surrounded. So like yourself, Dan, and then uh, Joey, who I do the other podcast with, and then the guys at the music studio. I'm surrounded by people who 
I feed into them and they feed into me and then it's this snow this snowballing and it's this back and forward and it's just exponentially getting better and better. Yeah. You know? And it's just it's it's just crazy. So well actually I've got this note written down. I'd I'd be really conscious of who you're spending time with. I'd be really conscious of who it is. Now, that being said, you can have people in your life that you love and you really enjoy being around, but they might not be the best for you all the time. So you, I think you need to be aware of that. They say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you know what? It's something I can attest to. If you have friends you hang out with, you enjoy hanging out with, but they bring you down and all they do is complain about their lives and what they wish they could do. Um, the fact is, as much as you love those friends, you will tend to stagnate the same. But if you have people in your life that, you know, are achieving, they're going out and they're, they're, they're doing it in line with what you're doing, by all means, you know, if... If you don't want to do any of those things and you are quite happy complaining, that's fine. But if you are, if you have that mentality where you want to go up in your life and in the world and develop yourself, mm-hmm. you need to surround, find your tribe with the people who are able to do that. And I'm very, very honoured, Dave, that I was able to do that for you. And likewise, I mean, doing this podcast, I mean, it, it's it it's by all means it's easy to talk on your own but obviously when you've got someone who you can uh, talk off and share ideas and you know you're someone who has been through things and you are able to provide a lot of great insights uh, and it's amazing and just going back quickly to your original point you made you said you realized what you didn't want after that time with your your ex in in sweden Mm -hmm. that is the other side of the coin of motivation you figure out what your purpose and what you want to do is you can use that aladdin's um genie lamp exercise the same time you go through things in life and you realize I don't want to do that that is something I want to avoid for me I can't do a job that I don't have a passion for anymore I've done I've Mm -hmm. done them and as much as I've enjoyed the people I've worked with and the job's been great and the company's been great I just it's very hard for me to find any motivation to do that you know and so it's amazing you get just as much I could even argue you probably even might even get a bit more motivation to do something about it like I'm studying software engineering I found this passion because I it's through people as well so it's finding out what you don't want to do and also the people you meet I met a gentleman when I went traveling around Thailand for the first time on my own. It was very scary. I met an American software engineer. Now, I always wanted to, I always had like a subdued passion of something to do with technology. I knew I wanted to do something in there. I didn't know quite what. And he suggested, he was like, have you, um, the testing ground would be, um, have you thought about things like the web and stuff? And I was like, yeah, well, I actually used to do a bit of code when I was like 12 or 13. I used to make my own little Macromedia Flash games and cartoons, and some of them required code, and I enjoyed it. And he was like, it's a really good job to get into. Um, and it was great to hear. I mean, music is great, but don't get me wrong, there are times when it's not as stable as anything else, and I say that very, very lightly. Um, but with technology, I thought, ah, hang on, this is another passion I could explore, which is something I could potentially do so i balanced you know real the reality of things with a passion but and that's why i'm training now is because i lived a life where i i didn't really like the job i was doing and it was causing me a lot of stress and that's it alongside what my purpose and passions are alongside with what i don't want to do and the people i met that has completed my motivational um, sphere, if you like. So every day I'm now motivated very naturally to work and chip away at things. Of course, there are times you don't want to do stuff, but what to, you, you kind of have to ask yourself, what's scarier? Being in a safe, comfortable job life where you absolutely 
Um, oh, sorry, I'll start it again. What is <laughs> what is scarier? <laughs> living a life you want to do that fails sometimes and you have stress and it worries you out, but you're living true to yourself or having success in a life that you really don't want to do and feeling trapped because you feel you will never in your lifetime achieve what you really want to do. I mean, if you were to ask me, I'd rather be homeless doing something I really truly want to be doing that's true to myself than living a total lie, being miserable day in, day out. I have lived a life where I have been utterly miserable and it builds and it gets worse and worse and worse and I'll tell you what I would rather be homeless and do that again and it sounds like a very strong point having not been homeless before and I totally understand mm-hmm. there are all sorts of things that I don't understand about that but that's how far my mind was willing to go and that's how as dramatic as that sounds that's how far I was willing to go and that that actually became a motivation when I realized that that was not an option full stop to me right I have mm-hmm. to build I, I got thrown in the deep end right I have to do something I have to build a life for myself and even those out there who think oh you know i've got kids i have a full-time job i can't quit that you don't have to quit everything you don't have to be all dramatic no, and start incremental again. yeah exactly mm. you 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 gradually make that change so after work you know there is there is always time you always you, you can look at your calendar there will always be some kind of time even if it's just 30 minutes to an hour a day where you can look to study something else you can look to research something else to get yourself transform your life into a totally different position i have known number of people have done it in fact one of my friend's dads worked um as a furniture salesman for years to provide for his family he always wanted to work as a scientist he went to open university and got his degrees while looking after children while working and now he works in a science research center doing what he loves and he was he was 55 i think when he made that move so god it's never too late isn't it it's amazing yeah it's incredible and he did it and thing is all it starts with a decision to make that happen you can't let anyone else bring you down as well um i'd like to add to that um i was going to mention this on another episode but i never got around to it and i think it's really important um so we all know the story of sisyphus right right do do we do we know do you know what that is sisyphus Uh, which is the greek (laughs) so it's the greek mythology of um i'm gonna butcher this by the way so i'm really sorry that's right basically um this guy was um given the task for eternity to push up a boulder on top of a hill, right? For it to just fall back down again. Right. Right? Like an eternal sort of damnation sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, in in your life, you're always going to be pushing some sort of boulder, right? You're right. always going to be pushing some sort of stone. Yeah. You can choose what that is. You can choose what the struggle because the struggle is not going to go anywhere. There's always going to be struggle. You kind of have to have the joy in the discipline of pushing the boulder. And if you can meet, if you can do this sort of, you can discipline yourself. So if you have like you're living a life that you don't really want, right? Yep. And you you are driven and you're motivated to change that. Mm-hmm. Having these little, not benchmarks, but having like requirements of yourself like uh, some like self not self-respect that's probably the wrong word but you're finding joy in the grind because you're always going to have to grind yeah so it may as well be something that you really care about mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah makes perfect sense uh, it's fine i really it's... butchered that it didn't make any real real sense but the the point being that in, in the the enjoyment in the discipline and the grind because you can determine what that is as opposed to letting everyone else tell you what your grind should look like 
You know? Yes, yes. I think that will be the concluding point to today. I think it is. And because that, that resonated with me entirely. You know, I was pushing, so to speak, I was pushing and carrying a boulder of something I didn't want to do. And it was like, it was, and it becomes almost, un, you feel it's almost unnecessary. You know, it's an, you like, you mm. made that choice just based out of, well, as, as the very famous uh, philosopher Alan Watts said, you know, if you, if you look at what you want to do with your life, and you choose something that'll make you a lot of money. You're completely wasting your time because all you're doing is earning mo- earning money by doing what you don't want to do in order to go on doing what you don't like doing. So it's a complete waste yeah. of time. So it's about exactly. when you find that passion you love. It's something weird happened. You start enjoying the process. You enjoy the the discipline. You even enjoy the little failures. They suck at the time, but you enjoy the challenge. I always used to but like, think... Like we've mentioned before, they're really powerful. The failures can be really powerful. They can be a really powerful thing and change something. Because if you fail, then it means, well, something isn't right. I need to look at it, analyze it, and move forward from there. Exactly, exactly. And it's amazing how I used to, I used to always hate... I never thought... I was a problem solver. I always thought I'm not wired that way. And that, that's another myth we'll go on to in another podcast. But um, turns out when you actually love doing something, you enjoy solving those problems. And it, it, a weird transformation happens. So I think in conclusion to this episode, um, it's about finding the boulder. And trust me, mm-hmm. the boulder might even be the same weight, but if it's something you love, it gets strangely easier to, car- uh, to carry. So in so in my conclusion to this episode, um, and I have a, a very bad habit of repeating myself, but um, <laughs> um, I believe repetition is important to, to really stress a point. Um, so the first thing is, if if you are listening to this and find finding yourself in that position where you feel like you can't make, you don't have the energy to do that, the first thing to do is just look at your life get a journal, actually physically write down what it is you do, write down your routine, write down things you do, and you can pinpoint, as much as it's hard to look at yourself in that way, you can feel awful for it, but that that will go, that will pass. Look at the things that don't help you. Mine was my diet, no exercise, um, and I, I, I made the decision that day, I was like, I never want to be this miserable again. So from Dave's point, it was finding something I didn't want to do, combined with something I did want to do, what did I want to achieve in that, and you, you find a natural motivation. So, and if you're struggling with that, make sure your life's sorted, make sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you get your exercise and diet sorted and make it a gradual change. You'll find you have more energy. Then look inside yourself, ask yourself those important questions and make that gradual transition. The motivation does come naturally when you get that passion. If you can't find yeah. that passion, uh, if you don't know what it is, you might you feel you might be quite happy doing that. You'd be surprised if you start exploring. Like I, you don't have to take a trip to Thailand to find it out. Uh, you can start reading, um, start a journal. Like I said, tell your story. You can help other people. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do now. I'm I'm telling my I'm telling my story and telling what I went through because I would hate for anyone to go through what I went through. And and I want people to find a meaning and motivation because it drives your life life forward by like nothing else. So then once you do that, you, you found that boulder, uh, as Dave said, narrow down what you really want to do and make and just etch away at it every day. You will make small progress day by day, but it's amazing how much consistency can build up. So that is my answer to long-term motivation from my own experience. Dave, is there anything you'd like to add to that? There's one more thing I really want to add um, before we uh, wrap it up. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, which is a story, um, and I love it. And it's all about like breaking the habit. So if you're into bad habits that... So habits that 
affect you negatively. Mm -hmm. You then have to start introducing new habits and people tend to be really hard on themselves when they do that to start making positive changes. Uh, There's a story of this gym instructor and the first thing he would get, so people who don't work out, who are quite obese, yeah. The first thing he would get them to do for two weeks, he goes, I want you to walk to the gym, stand in the gym for one minute, then leave. Yeah. That's the first thing he had them do. And w- what he was doing is he's introducing it slowly. He's going, firstly, I'm going to introduce the habit that you walk to the gym and you go. That's the first habit I'm going to. And then, and then we'll, we might go on the treadmill for two minutes in two weeks. And then after that, it will be 10. And it was this idea of ingraining a behavior. And Excellent. then that's snowballing into something really positive, which then positively affects everything else. Absolutely. That is something I actually forgot to mention earlier. Um, actually, it starts <laughs> with starting. And that's something I did the exact same thing when it came to the gym itself. I said, and if you were, if you see a day ahead, and you're like, oh, I've got all this stuff. I need to go to the gym for two, for an hour, two hours. All you have to do in your head is don't think about that. That comes naturally. All you have to think about is, right, let me drive there. And let me stand there and, and and see what happens. Sometimes I've gotten there, I'll be honest, and I've gone, I'm not feeling this today, and I've gone home. And that's absolutely fine. You just try again the next day. And some days I've not been bothered. I've There is no way I'm going to do a workout today. I've got there, and I've done the best one-and-a-half-hour workout of my entire life. It's amazing. Once you're there, or even with books, you know, I'm going to just read one paragraph, and then I'm going to, going to stop. I end up reading three pages. It starts with that. You don't overpressure yourself into thinking you have to do stuff. And that gym tra- trainer was exactly right with that one. That's how it starts. And don't be embarrassed about the gym if you have weight on. When I see someone who is overweight in the gym, I, that's the best thing I see. I think you have made that choice to start. And I, I love you for that. You know, The you gym see? is for those people. Exactly. <laughs> that's what, I honestly think that. It's not for the people already in shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's for people to get that, get into that. And it's yeah. brilliant. Just, I love seeing it. Like yeah. I absolutely love seeing people working their asses off because they, you know, because everyone who's in the gym was at that point once, was at that point Point where it was so hard i honor those people because that is the hardest point yeah. getting there and getting through those workouts workouts are you know are easier for me now because i have the motivation to do it but when you first start it's really hard so don't be embarrassed of that one so brilliant well that concludes today's episode dave thank you once again for those insights it's something i can take away and remind myself as well as much as i've been through my own path it's good to hear from what you have done so thank you once again for joining me today and sharing that with me yeah, as always, Dan, thanks. Thanks again for having me. That's perfect. Right, folks, thank you again. Um, so stay tuned. This is uh, it's Friday today. So this is Friday's episode. There will be another episode for you all on Tuesday. Uh, so every Tuesday and Friday, I'll be releasing these episodes. In the meantime, I am still working on this ebook and... Uh, th- the, this will be released at, at soon as soon as possible, basically. I'm trying to make it nice and pretty for you. It was looking a little bit bland before, but uh, it, it's getting there. So stay tuned for that, and I will keep you updated. If you haven't done so already, visit the website. There's a subscribe form on there. You can subscribe, and I will send all this new content out to you straight to your inbox so you can listen there. So thank you again, everyone, for listening, and take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in please visit the website theselfhelpplace.com for more information.